Ian, are you wearing pants this time? Unfortunately. <laughs> it's actually really warm in my house. I ne- I nearly did this pantsless. <laughs> like it's it's warm because the heat was running this morning and it just held the damn heat in and it's so friggin' warm outside for February. One of these times we're gonna do a podcast where every one of us is pantless. The hundredth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one where we're all in the same room together. We'll make sure it that makes one's the most pantless. sense to me. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Bry Guy and the Super Friends, the podcast that can name the six movies where Keanu Reeves played a character named John. I'm your host, Brian Labick, and joining me for this episode is my favorite replacement, Eric Beresford. What's up, guys? And we have the return of the mic, Mike Bradley. I wasn't ready for you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, guys, it's Ian Leidick. So everybody, uh, I've been thinking about it, and um, as you can tell, my catchphrase has gotten really popular, even the host of this show is using it. <laughs> So I am officially retiring the catchphrase. Hey, guys. <laughs> Figures, the one time I decided to beat you to the punch, and now you're not going to use it anymore. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, all right, so before we get too deep into the show, I mentioned last week that we're steadily approaching our 100th episode. And my idea for that is to hopefully get some fan interaction for that episode in the form of topic suggestions or questions you guys may have for us. So if there's anything you'd like to ask us or anything you'd like to hear us discuss, you can hit us up and we'll try our best to work it in the show. So with that in mind, there are a few new ways for you to get in touch with us. You can email us now at bryguysuperfriends at gmail.com, or you can tweet us at bgsuperfriends on Twitter. And of course, our most active place to go is the Facebook page. So you can keep that in mind over the next month or two, and we'll see if we can make that happen by the time we sit down to record the 100th. And so jumping into this episode... Uh, We started with the idea of reviewing John Wick 2. I wasn't quite sure if that would be enough to fill the entire podcast, so since John Wick is an action movie starring Keanu Reeves, we decided to build up the episode with that in mind. So we'll be opening the episode talking about a few of our favorite action movies. Then we'll each be picking one of our favorite Keanu Reeves movies that is not John Wick, since we will be devoting the end of the episode to our review of John Wick 2. So, that's where we're going to start. We're going to go with the action movie stuff first, and jumping into our favorites. We felt a little bit of a need to limit ourselves. Uh, The style of John Wick, I think, throws back to action movies of the 80s and 90s. So we gave ourselves two movies that we could pick, but they had to have been released before the year 2000. I mean, that's still a lot of ground to cover, so I'm actually curious if any of us will actually pick the same movie at all. And at least for me, I think it was really hard to narrow it down to two movies. I feel like there we may have to run with this idea maybe for a later show. Maybe pick our favorite action movie over a five or ten year period. But, I mean, for a quick addition to this episode, it'll have to do. I think this will work. So, we did determine, we picked our little order beforehand. We're going to go through, like, whoever we whoever goes first is going to go through their two movies. And then we'll go on to the next person and then go through their two and just see where the discussion goes. So Eric has volunteered to go first, and then we'll hit Mike, me, and Ian's going to bring up the rear. That's where he likes to be. So <laughs> He's the ass of the show. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> uh, all right, so starting with Eric, 
Give us your favorite two action movies that were released prior to 2000. Do you want me to talk about one? Say one and yeah, talk go about for one. We'll talk then, about it. Okay. And then, yeah, uh, we'll go with the first one, Goldeneye. Oh, um, that's a good pick. I just think of like it's a good movie. You got Pierce Brosnan in it. Um, I think of the N64 game and playing it at Brian's house. So uh, I know just a good action movie. I probably haven't seen it in probably ten years, but <laughs> you know it. Did you see that one in the theater? Or was that home video? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> if I did see it, it was probably with you, but I'm saying probably not. Okay. Probably saw it. Yeah, I don't think I remember seeing that one at the theater. I think that was a home video for me because I think I played the game first and then yes. came around to the movie. I just remember playing it the game at your house and getting my ass kicked by you and Jimmy, so that's why. The game is still fucking awesome. It is. That was my first James Bond in the theater, and I haven't missed one since. Probably won't. Nice. And, uh, <clears throat> personally, I, I loved GoldenEye as a movie, but I felt like they got a little bit lazy on their tongue-in-cheek name for their female in going with Xenia on a top. Um, I mean, that's not the first time that's happened in a James Bond movie. <laughs> they had one named Pussy Galore. Right, right, no. I just felt like they got lazy because they just went with a last name. They were, they were just like, screw it, we're not even going to try and come up with a clever first name. We're just going on a top. Like, oh, I got you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like it was kind of lazy to do it that way instead of like, like the pussy galore. Like that was, you know, at least a little bit clever. You could just, <laughs> I mean, you, you may as well just say like, oh, you know, Xenia spreads her ass. I mean, it, it, it's, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter what you make the last name if the first name isn't creative too. I mean, that would be my All only right. um, criticism of that as a James Bond movie. It was Pierce Brosnan's first and his best, so yeah, definitely a uh, a winner. Not to mention Sean Bean. How I mean, how much can you say Can't about that guy? Yeah. So, and that was one of his breakout movies. So something to be noted for that as well. That's the same director that did Casino Royale too. Yes, it's another fucking awesome James Bond movie. Yes. Yes. Uh, Ian, anything to add for Goldeneye? I've never seen a James Bond movie. None whatsoever. <laughs> None. <laughs> See that that again. The sad thing is, I can't tell if you're full of shit or not. <laughs> He's full of shit. I've never seen one. Okay. I can't. <laughs> not even I, on TV when I they like replay them to, all I the really time. I really find that hard to believe, Ian. I really. Do. I just no. You I mean, maybe I caught like 15 Bart minutes as a kid. Him all the time, but and you still I know. haven't seen a, any James Bond movie. Never. Like Paul Blart's acceptable. James Bond. Wow. <laughs> so if James Bond was an anime like cartoon, then you would have watched it? Uh, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't seen all of them. <laughs> I'm still missing out on some classics. And they got a space dandy, which is like James Bond, maybe? He's a cool guy that flies around in space. So if James Bond went to space, maybe. I, I would he, still miss it. Yeah, he did go to space, didn't he? Yeah, didn't, Quantum Solace? Thund Thunderball. Thunderball, he went to space, didn't he? Moonraker. Is that, is that a... Ones that well. Is that name of a movie? Which one? What's it? What? Thunderball? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a James Bond movie. What's, uh, didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> one of the first, actually. Or what, maybe it's... No, Moonraker. Sorry. Moonraker is the one he goes to space. That was Roger well, I, Moore. I'm fairly certain he's been to space more than moon. once. Pretty okay. sure he's in well, space I'm, and die another day, too, isn't he? There's definitely, yeah. like, an anti-gravity well, scene Oh, he there. is, like, upper atmosphere, maybe. I don't know if he, if he actually makes it to space. Okay. I don't know. I I just remember I checked out of that movie when he starts riding a wave with a surfboard and a parachute, and that's at the beginning of the movie. 
Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. I know you're talking about. I, the, the, I mean, I like Die Another Day. I like all James Bond movies. I still can enjoy the ones that are bad. But, yeah, they do some ridiculous dumb shit. So Yeah, that one, above all else, I think is by far the worst one out there. Oh. Die Another Day is terrible. Oh, no, no. The World is Not Enough was way worse than that. Uh, see, I find that one watchable. Die Another Day is just <laughs> fucking terrible to me. Well, I mean, everybody's got their opinions, but don't forget, Roger Moore made a few really bad ones, too. That's true. I mean, although, I guess I haven't really seen those as much as I've seen the Brosnan ones. Uh, see, I have every single one. Like, I... That's probably a once a year like marathon for me over a week where I just watch <laughs> everyone back to back. Twenty five, however many they're on. Yeah, like it, just over the course of a week or so, it just I sit down and watch them all, and it, it's got to happen at least once a year. Yeah, yeah, I, I I'm with Eric. I actually had Goldeneye as one of my possibilities that I was thinking about using because I, I mean, it we might didn't be talk blasphemous about it either. So we didn't yeah. like share lists or anything. But uh, I I I consider it probably one of one of if not the my favorite James Bond movie because Casino Royale is up there too for me. That um, one's a good for one. me. It's That's been really good one. Live and Let Die for a very long time. That's is that Dalton? Is that Timothy Dalton? No, nah, that's one of I think it might be Roger Moore's first, and okay. it was Roger Moore. Jane Seymour plays Solitaire. Um, it's in. It's the one set in uh, New Orleans, with uh, the voodoo and all that going on. Oh, Baron Samedi. Yes, yes. The yeah. the character that a lot of people would have no idea who he was if it wasn't for Goldeneye. Yeah, um, I think that's where I'm pulling him from too. Yeah. <laughs> the guy with the top hat. <laughs> yep, uh, but it it was to me that was one of the best they did. It was I can watch that over and over again, and it had the best theme song they've ever done. So. Oh, the Paul McCartney. Yeah. It, and yeah, honestly, the the remake that Guns N' Roses did later, awesome as well. Fair enough. Uh, all right, Eric, what's your other movie, other favorite? Fifth Element. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Got Excellent choice. Yeah. Really all around, I don't know, good movie. I was put on the spot, so I didn't really have enough time <laughs> to research all this stuff. He's like, hey, you're going to find two movies before <laughs> 2000, so... I just... He told you 30 minutes ago when you showed up to hang out. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, it wasn't you this time. It was the last minute replacement. It was, it was Eric. <laughs> yeah, it was me. This was an easier replacement than Ian's, though. I'll give him that. Ian's was these convoluted Snoke theories. <laughs> <laughs> like, we had these ridiculous theories that he had no yeah, prep for. I was for. the one that actually probably came up with that idea, so... Right. The Snoke one. Uh, I think, yeah, that was after you sent me the video of the yeah. thing on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. So I guess it's payback then. Yeah, yeah, yeah you blind, circle. you got Ian blindsided by these crazy <laughs> theories. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what much more to add. I probably haven't seen that movie in a long time either. But I mean, I just remember it being a really good movie. I remember Chris Tucker being hysterical in that movie. Oh yeah, with that hairdo and like the <laughs> outfits that he has to wear. <laughs> yeah, that was that was ridiculous. But all around good movie. Yeah, I'm anxious to see what that was. Luke Besson, right? That's the guy that's doing Valerian. I think that's what you yeah. said. So you kind of interested in seeing that movie? Yeah. As well, so I'm anxious so. to see what he does with Valerian. I think that's this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys got anything to add for Fifth Element? It's been too long since I saw it to have much to add, but it was. I remember enjoying the hell out of it many times. 
Yeah, that was um. What the fuck's the? Oh, I can't think of her name. The Resident who, who are, yeah, whoever was Lilu, Mila Jojovich, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, she was kick-ass in that movie too. Yeah, I mean, as bad as the Resident Evil movies are in a lot of ways, she still manages to almost save them sometimes. Yeah, yeah. She's definitely a shining light, I think, in those movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian, you got anything for Fifth Element? Oh, it was real fun. Chris Tucker is amazing in it, though. I know some people complain that he's a little annoying, and it's one of his least likable roles, I but I thought that. it was a lot of fun with him. Yeah. I like Bruce Willis just kind of stumbling into this giant thing. He just happens to be there. This little cab driver trying to make an American living. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it takes like a little turn where you're not expecting from like a Bruce Willis movie more of the sci-fi thing. For him, I think you always think more grounded with Bruce Willis. It's true. <laughs> That's a true story. And of course, the incomparable scary old man. Yeah, oh, yes. Oh, that's right. He is the... I totally... For, he disappears in that villain role that I can't even remember that that's him half the time. Mm-hmm. He's so good. It's classic, like, 90s action. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Yeah. Oh, that's such a... Now I want to watch Fifth Element now. That's a fucking good movie. Yeah, I'm probably going to be watching that this weekend. I think it's been a while since I've seen it, too. Yeah, he's going to watch it this weekend. <laughs> all it takes the episode is... Now. He's got to plant that seed. Yeah. That's all it takes. Uh, all right, Mike, uh, you're up next. What's uh, some of your movies? Well, I'll say my first one. We did discuss whether this belongs in the action movie category before we started. Uh, it's Predator. Um, honestly, I, I think I told Brian this. It's in, honestly, one of my top five movies, just period. Forget action movies, everything else. I could watch Predator once a day and just be happy every time. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I mean, do you, how often do you get Jesse Ventura actually being entertaining in something i mean <laughs> it, 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 he's still i mean it's how classic is the line oh, i ain't got time to bleed I mean, it, the whole movie itself arnold schwarzenegger carl weathers jesse ventura just friggin' incredible some guy from plum in the predator outfit <laughs> yeah i don't know if you guys knew that or not the guy that was the predator I... is actually from plum no i did not know that yeah. not a clue did he play the Predator in any of the other movies, or just that one? I do not know that. I, I okay. He may have. I That I have no clue, though. I could not say. Gotcha. But, uh... uh you, you guys got anything to add for Predator? Uh, I remember when I watched it, it was a good movie, but <laughs> I, I said, like, these are movies we're talking about that I haven't seen for many years, so yeah. to, like, go back and watch them, yeah, I'd be able to probably talk about it better, but, like he said, with Arnold Schwarzenegger and stuff, that was cool, so... Pretty much all I got. It was one of Schwarzenegger's defining roles, I think, right? That was oh, pretty yeah. much one to put him on the map. Get to the chopper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody loves get to the chopper. Yeah. I mean, if it's got a line that people still say all the time today, there's a reason it's a classic. I wonder if it's just that line or just the way Schwarzenegger talks. Like, his... his, his, his oh, no, accent. no. <laughs> if, if Stallone says that line, it's not it's not a classic. Like, <laughs> get to the chopper. If he... <laughs> If he throws Adrian in front of it, I think... Yo, Adrian, <laughs> get to the chopper. <laughs> oh, yeah, million dollar movie. <laughs> Mike's auditioning for all Stallone roles ever. <laughs> I don't think that was a very good impression, but I... <laughs> it's It works for this show. Yeah, it's, why it's not? Super friend gold. Uh, Ian, you got anything to add for Predator? 
I mean, it's great. We're talking about a movie that launched a franchise that crosses over with fucking everything. Yeah. You have some great performances by Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers. You got Jesse, the heart, body, mind, and soul Ventura in it. And it's got his favorite thing, aliens. <laughs> so you know that was a really big thing for him. I think it was a real passion project for Jesse. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good. It's a good one. It's a solid pick. Can't go wrong with Predator. Uh, Mike, I guess give us your second one. My second one. Predator Two. <clears throat> no, no, it's not Predator Two. Um, <laughs> Danny Glover does not hold up quite the same way that Arnold Schwarzenegger does in an action movie. That being said, for that shit. Um, <laughs> my number two would be Kickboxer. Um, oh, Jean Claude okay. classic. I mean. The, the image of him kicking over a palm tree just does not go away in my head. Like, that was... <laughs> it, it's just one of those movies that I saw so many times as a child that, you know, it it was, once again, the defining role, I think, for Jean-Claude Van Damme. It really pushed him over the top, I think, early in his career. And how much of a badass villain was Tong Po? I mean, like... The honey and glass on your friggin' gauntlets to fight. Oh, it mm. just come on, that was incredible. Um, but I, I mean, I just feel like it was a good martial arts showcase for that time, where most of the action movies were all bang bang, explosion, explosion, bang bang. It yeah. was, it had the same feel as all those other action movies did, but it didn't have to have the guns going around. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't even know. I can't really contribute to that one because I've never seen that movie. What? You've never seen that I movie? I have never seen that movie. You're kidding me. Wow. No. Like Bloodsport? You didn't see that one either? The Kumite. I was. I never got into Van Damme back then. I never oh, watched man, a lot of his like, movies. Those movies are all good. Like he's saying, like martial arts stuff. Like that's spot I've seen, on. Uh, what was the one with the penguin, Sudden Death? Was that the one where he was in the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Pittsburgh yeah, one. Yeah, I've seen that one. With Mike Lang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... It, 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 not to go on to Bloodsport, but Bloodsport is just a pure action fight fest. It yeah. gives you, you know, like tidbits of story here and there, but most of it is just, here's the, it's like a tournament fight. It feels like Mortal Kombat made correctly without <laughs> super powered exactly. people. Exactly. It's like, get in the ring, fight, we're going to watch them fight, we're going to watch a fight, and then we're going to give you two minutes of bullshit story, and then we're going to go back and watch another fight, and then we're going to give you two <laughs> minutes of bullshit story, and we're going to go back to another fight. And it was one that lost Jean-Claude Van Damme, and I actually think Bloodsport got better when he left. The guy that took over the role of Alex, I feel like, uh, okay. actually was, he was a better martial artist, I think, than Jean-Claude was. But gotcha. I enjoyed them all, one way or the other. But yeah. that being said, Kickboxer, I mean, it, it didn't go uphill after the first one. It went way downhill. So, I mean, I think eventually you got the guy that was on, like, step-by-step that became the kickboxer eventually. Um, Wow, that's crazy. I think his name was Cody on step-by-step. Oh, that guy. Yeah, right. I do remember him being in in one of those. Yeah, and and that just, it was just, it was just as weird as Hilary Swank becoming the Karate Kid. (laughs) (laughs) So, but... I mean, that's why that movie rings to me still, is I can watch that and just enjoy the hell out of it. It has a very 80s feel to it. I mean, 
the wardrobe for Jean-Claude in that movie is so over-the-top ridiculous when he's not in a fight. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he has on, like, a green, blue, and white Hawaiian-type shirt with pink pants that are, like, you know, the waist-high 80s <laughs> tucked in with the shirt tucked in, but the shirt's all poofed out on top, and oh, God, it's so fucking it. 80s. Uh, Eric, Ian, you guys got anything to add for kickboxer? Nah, I mean, I agree with Mike. Like, you think of kickboxer, you think of blood sport. I mean, they're both just great action, you know, martial art fighting movies. Like he said, there's no explosions or nothing, but it still holds up just as good to all the other stuff. So, very good pick. Didn't even think of that. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have time, but... <laughs> Ian? As they said, JCVD is amazing at just fighting. He fights. You love watching him fight. But nothing more to really needs to be said about it. The split's good, but too. I liked with Kits... <laughs> oh, yes, he does. <laughs> but, like, with Kickboxer, it was, like, that part of JCVD where he, like, out of all of those movies, be real descriptive of what was happening. Like, Bloodsport, Kickboxer, Double Impact, Hard Target. You knew what the movie was. <laughs> he was a hard target. Yes. <laughs> he was in a Bloodsport. He was a Kickboxer. He was a Time Cop. Like, it was all very nice, neatly packaged. Like, his agent was really good at finding that shit. <laughs> <laughs> the title of the movie is the movie. Yeah, that's great, because then I can just watch fights. I don't got to pay attention. <laughs> fight. Yeah. Uh, all right, anything else to add for those? Nothing? All right, uh, I guess that means it's my turn. I'm trying to look at my list, and I had, like, eight, I think, that I sort of wrote down. I was like, yep, I like all those. Now I'm trying to narrow it down to pick a couple. Uh, I mean, the classic for me, one that I don't think I can, I, it, again, maybe it's like Mike, I can watch it pretty much whenever. I usually tend to watch it around Christmas. Uh, Die Hard. That was number three that I didn't mention. I knew somebody would bring it up. Yeah, y you have to. It's, it goes from, that was late 80s, I think, when that came out. And that was a change of pace from the Schwarzeneggers and the Stallone action movies to like the everyman stuck in an impossible situation. And you have to figure it out and survive. And it was a different take on the action style. And I love the the cynical, like, I'm going to make jokes about everything while I kill a bunch of people hero. <laughs> Welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Willis sold that so fucking well. That I don't know. That movie holds up so well even today. I I, lo I still love that movie. The sequels aren't as well. Like, I like Die the Hard third with a Vengeance, one. I think, yeah, with a Vengeance, pretty good. Actually, I did like Live Free or Die Hard as much as shit as yes. that movie gets. I Timothy really Olyphant was awesome. Yeah. The one with this kid was really... <laughs> no, yeah, that... A Good Day to Die Hard was fucking terrible. <laughs> that one was yeah, because we saw that together, and I don't think I enjoyed it. Yeah, that was not a good one. That was a, that I'm not a big low Jai point. Courtney guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone's trying to make Jai Courtney happen, and it's just not happening. <laughs> <laughs> like, even Jai Courtney knows it's not happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, you guys got anything to add for, for Die Hard? Uh... I would have been surprised if you didn't pick that because I know that is one of your favorite movies and I agree with pretty much everything you said. It's just a, a good movie all around. You can probably watch it any time of the year, but yeah. Christmas time is most appropriate. It, yeah, it fits it. very well at Christmas time. I mean, I, I would say the reason I left it off my list of one of my three or one of my two is because I there was no way somebody wasn't going to bring up Die Hard. I mean, it just... And we haven't even talked about freaking uh, Hans Gruber. Like, yeah. the villain of that movie is fucking phenomenal, too. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I don't I, know, you, me, how much can you say about Alan Rickman? I mean, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's just I don't know. I guess like even watching it then, I don't think I realized how good of a performance that is. It's something I appreciated later. Yeah, like I mean, the first you time you see empathize that movie, with the villain and how fucking cool he is. Yeah, I mean, the, the first time we all seen that movie, we were probably children, so we weren't yeah. realizing the how good the roles were. We just were having fun with the movie. Right, right. So, but yeah, looking back on it, it for a movie that doesn't get a lot of respects, you know, in in terms of being quality cinema, it was fantastic. I mean, it, it yeah. there's a reason these movies last so long as being relevant in modern culture is because how damn good they were to begin with. And yeah. in Die Hard, the one thing that has always been the one kill I can never forget is when he shoots the guy through the table. Like, oh yeah, yeah. It, that's the one kill that he has in that movie that just will never go away. I don't know why you know, that dude's one. reloading, thinking he's got him. Yeah. Uh, so many great one-liners in that movie too. Oh. Uh. Yeah. Uh, Ian, you got anything to add for Die Hard? It's just perfect. It's another like fifth element where Bruce Willie is just hanging out and shit starts going down around him. But in this one, he's better equipped because he's not a cab driver. <laughs> he knows he knows how to handle the business. And it's probably the perfect Christmas movie. Yeah. Can't argue with a that. A lot better than a Christmas story. Like, <laughs> fuck that noise. I agree. We should have 24 hours of Die Hard. Yes, please. Yeah. Let's petition that to make that happen well, somewhere. Per- perhaps if we get that action movie channel that we wanted to create... That can be our that can be our Christmas day is twenty four hours of Die Hard. I you know if we ever did that I'd I'd love to see what type of viewership twenty four hours of Die Hard rolls in compared to twenty four hours of a Christmas Story. It will crush it. That's what I mean. Who would be on top with the ratings on that? See, the only hard part is I think people just leave Christmas Story on and then forget. <laughs> like they're at church, it's still on. That's, that's probably true. They went outside to throw the football around, it's still fucking right. on. But when it's Die Hard, it gets to be like. Eight o'clock at night, and you're like, "Did we forget church?" <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! We didn't. Well, Die Hard's on again. Screw that! <laughs> like every time, it's like, "Oh fuck, Die Hard started!" Yeah. <laughs> oh, Die Hard again! You guys remember that shit? <laughs> uh, yeah. There's yeah. We can't say too much else for Die Hard. It's fucking great. Uh, all right. So my second pick, I've sort of just now narrowed it down to two out of my list, and. I'm going with the first one I wrote down because it was the first one that came to my head, even though I'm sad I'm not going to bring up my other one. But True Lies for me is number two. That was the other one I wasn't going to bring up that I was hoping somebody did. <laughs> thank you, thank you. The, my, like the four that I wanted to talk about. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, again, it's Schwarzenegger kicking ass, but this is very like tongue-in-cheek action movie spy genre, and Tom Arnold's fucking hilarious. Oh, God, when uh, Tom Arnold right, kisses the pole after it saves his life. <laughs> <laughs> it's behind a telephone pole that should no way absorb all the bullets. <laughs> Just, like, kisses his hand, touches the pole, and runs away. <laughs> so great. So, I mean, like, the movie knows exactly what it is, and it doesn't doesn't pull any punches. It's great. Even just such a, like, a dirty, stupid villain. Like, that guy is so dirty and... Just angry and, and villainy that you can't, you can't wait to see him get blown to hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's pure evil. He's definitely yeah. pure evil. And the dance scene. Oh my god, the dance oh, scene. Oh yeah, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Uh, I was actually referring to the tango. 
Oh, that would work too. <laughs> the tango scene, it, yeah, the Jamie Lee Curtis thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's good. But the tango scene where he's dancing with like the chick who's the villain. Yeah. That that was just a, is that Tia awesome. Carrere? Yes, that's her name. It was just like an awesome like good tension in the scene between them. It worked. It, you know, like I don't know it. That whole movie just when he flies off the roof into the swimming pool on the motorcycle, like. Good lord. Like, yeah. Oh, so many things in that movie. The Harrier jet at the end. Yes, the Harrier jet. That whole sequence with the bridge and everything, it's fucking great. And uh, yet another one with a great video game tied to it. And I'm the for, only one that's I played it. For Super, Super Nintendo? Nin- yeah. Yeah. I love that video game. It was dumb as shit, but it was fun trying to play it and figure <laughs> it out. It's one of those ones I used to rent from the video store all the time. And would get, like, really excited when I beat level two. Oh, yeah. And by that time, it was time to take it back to the video store. <laughs> it was it was actually a fairly difficult game. Yeah, I remember it being really hard. Yeah. Don't think I ever played that one. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a top-down perspective. Mm-hmm. So, like, Contra... No, no. There's Contra? Contra's a side perspective. Top-down would yeah, but be more like... One of them. Like GTA 2. Yeah, like GTA 2. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, old school GTA. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, Eric, Ian, you guys got anything to add for True Lies? Never saw it. Wow. <laughs> we got to find some homework this is for what, Ian, This I is think. one you must see. You know, you may not like James <laughs> Bond or things like that, but this is a can't-miss movie. Assault Twins. <laughs> You're halfway there. <laughs> Mike's face. <laughs> All right. I mean, I can remember the scene where he turns the car onto two wheels and twins. That's about all I remember from twins. You gotta remember they're twins. You forget that sometimes. (laughs) Another one where it's the title of the movie. (laughs) That's all you need to know. He's gonna be talking about Junior next. How'd you know my movies? <laughs> Listen, Arnold Schwarzenegger's presence does not make it an action movie. <laughs> you would think it would, but it doesn't. <laughs> Eric, you got anything to add for True Lies? I'm not after that. No, <laughs> I need to say my shit before he starts talking. <laughs> then after he starts talking, it doesn't mean anything for me to say anything. Can't recover from that one. No. Uh, all right, so I think we're good with mine. That leaves us with Ian. What do you got, Ian? So, I wanted to talk about the replacements, but that got vetoed for some <laughs> reason. Can't imagine why. So, I had to go with my favorite Steven Seagal film, The Glimmer Man. Not you guys bad. seen it? Yes. I haven't there seen that go. one, no. no. So, it's got Steven Seagal and Hawaiians, and Seagal plays a Buddhist cop who promises Damon. that he can't kill, and then kills a bunch of people. <laughs> yes. Because he has to. And not only that, but he, like, strikes first. It's not like he's doing this in self-defense. He walks into a restaurant and assaults everyone. <laughs> he's a Buddhist. It's okay. He makes the Wyans eat powdered deer penis. And it's my favorite part of Steven Seagal's career. It's when he just got too fat and lazy to care anymore. And all of his fight scenes had to be, like, choreographed for him to not move. <laughs> like, he's fighting a guy. Like, hoo, 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 hoo. They disengage so Steven Seagal could walk to the next spot. <laughs> it doesn't, like, flow nicely. <laughs> He's got, like, great one-liners, like, now get your ugly white ass out of here. 
Because, you know, Steven Seagal, yeah. <laughs> and then they're doing an autopsy scene, and Steven Seagal is telling us all about this lady, and he's like, the spirit left the body. What we're looking at is a broken vessel. <laughs> it, was, it, it was not... He's he's doing... He's trolling us right now, really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding for laughter. <laughs> <laughs> During the autopsy, though, Steven Seagal points out the girl's breasts are too large. That <laughs> so does he happen. He starts to cut them and immediately pulls out the breast implant <laughs> so they can run the numbers. Literally during the final fight, Steven Seagal moves as fast as Jason Voorhees. Jason Voorhees? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's Steven Seagal's speed. He ends the movie by throwing this dude out of a window. The window has a fence on it, though. He breaks him through the fence by throwing him so hard. And the guy lands by getting a spike, a spike going through his head from a fence below the window. As Steven Seagal says, well, you won't be happy when you wake up tomorrow. Classic Seagal. Love this movie. Again, I can't ever tell if he's like actually trying to just make a really long winded joke the whole time. He's he's definitely trolling the shit out of us right now. <laughs> yeah, I would have to agree on Mike. <laughs> Mike that one. Because he can't have the replacements. Three he's, movies. He's, yeah, he's gonna he's boycott. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, guys. So for my second movie, I was gonna talk about Waterworld, which everyone in my college hated and thought I was trolling them. Instead, I'm gonna talk about my favorite Nicolas Cage film, Face Off. There you go. Okay. See, now I don't feel like you're trolling me, because I was hoping somebody mentioned that, too. The best part about Face Off is, like other movies we discussed, it's in the title. <laughs> Nicolas Cage wants to take his face off. He actually says That's that. That's why it's called Face Off. I'm going to take his face. Yeah, I feel like that is a line from the movie. <laughs> it is. That's when, That's when, in the confusing plot, John Travolta is now in Nicolas Cage's body. Nicholas Cage wants to take John Travolta, who is now Nicholas Cage's face-off, so they can have the original faces back. What's confusing, though, is in this movie, when you swap faces, you also swap bodies somehow. Because <laughs> Nicholas Cage and John Travolta are not the same body type. And bone structure of your face. I, would, I always felt like this, this, this movie should have looked a lot more like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, in <laughs> reality... <laughs> It's also directed by John Woo, who's one of the great action directors. Oh, I forgot he time. directed that one. But this has so many amazing fight scenes, and it has, like, your favorite Nick Cage at the beginning, un- unhinged Nick Cage doing crazy unhinged Nick Cage shit like most of his films. But then halfway through, he has to start playing John Travolta, <laughs> and he destroys it. He's a better John Travolta than John Travolta. <laughs> Like, I could just watch Face Off all day. Like, it's, screw it. We're done with Die Hard all day on Christmas. <laughs> it's now Face Off Day. Yeah, I mean, Nick Cage face off the day best could one be to watch out of that movie. The first day of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Face Off Day. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it wasn't take his face off. I mean, it ha- it had its awesome moments. I mean, like he said, the opening sequence with Nicolas Cage. The matching gold-plated guns. That, that was just cool. <laughs> Completely ridiculous, but cool. I don't remember shit about the plot other than he had to get his face back. 
Um, <laughs> That's the best plot ever. <laughs> I, I think Nicolas Cage was some kind of drug dealer. Something like that. Just ter- general terrorist. General yeah, terrorist. I'm okay. Blanks too now. But I mean, it it was just so much fun to watch that when it comes on, I'm like, I gotta watch it. If, if I, you know, it's like, okay, there it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, Travolta usually plays plays a pretty good villain, but I still think Nick Cage is the better one to watch in that movie. Yeah. I mean, he had a, oh. he had a good string of movies there, and actually, wow, I can't believe I forgot about. Can I mention one more as like a closing for this? <laughs> Con Air? Yeah, Con Air. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I almost did both the kids. <laughs> I honestly... you didn't come to think of it, yeah. Con Air may actually be above Kickboxer on my list. I com- It just slipped my mind. I can't believe that it did. <laughs> but John Malkovich holding a gun to a stuffed bunny's head. <laughs> I mean, oh. That movie, Should it has so much. Back in the box! <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Like Buscemi. Yeah. But yeah, Steve Buscemi was so great in that movie, <laughs> singing the "We Got the Whole World in His Hands" <laughs> with the little girl, and it's just creepy as shit because you know he's like the psychopath. <laughs> it was good. Nick Cage has the weirdest fucking haircut ever. Yeah, the... it is really trying to do a southern accent, but he can. <laughs> yeah. and he commits. He fucking commits. I feel like that haircut was like the Family Guy joke they made about Javier Bardem, <laughs> like short in the long places, long in the short places. <laughs> like, but ah, oh, just such a fun movie to fucking watch. Yeah. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Definitely one of the better Nick Cage movies out there. I mean, both of them, really. Con Air and Face Off. Yes, both. Yeah, I think that's the pinnacle. Above Snake Eyes and... Yeah. A few of the others he did during that era where he was the big action movie star for a time. Yeah. And they came out the same year, too. Oh, really? The big year for him. Yeah, 97. I didn't even realize that. Oh, you know what one we forgot now that I'm thinking about Nick Cage action movies... I'm surprised nobody mentioned The Rock. Oh God, The Rock. Yeah, yeah, I did see that one when I was scrolling. Sean Connery, man, that was yeah, that was like his last hurrah of action movie. Yeah, I don't even remember what he's done after The Rock. Like, I feel like he just falls off the face of the earth after The um, Rock. Um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, he did do that. Yeah, yeah. I think that might be like his last one. An entrapment, if you want to call entrapment. That's more of like a spy thriller thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I wouldn't call that necessarily action, but... Yeah. I mean, it, The Rock, that was just incredible. That That's one of those ones that was just... A perfect popcorn movie. Wasn't that... Correct me if I'm wrong, because I feel like I'm going to have to look it up, because I'm not entirely sure. Wasn't that Michael Bay? I believe so, yes. Sounds right. That proves he could do movies. Yeah, back when he could actually handle the shit and want... not make it just complete. I mean, it was ridiculous, but... Correct me if I'm wrong, but don't we get a very early Bokeem Woodbine in that movie? Yeah, we yeah. do. Yeah, that was Michael Bay. Oh, that was 96. He's so good. Because oh, this... I'll segue to a movie that I actually was on my list. It was the one I was deciding between, between True Lies and this, but Bad Boys. 95 was Bad Boys mm, with Michael yes. Bay. Bad Boys is a good I, one, too. That's still one of my favorite. 
That's why it's hard to do this as a short list. We need to have a special episode dedicated for a long list of this. Yeah, yeah. I think at some point, and I, again, I feel like we'd have to, if we do it again, we'll have to do it, narrow it down to like a five-year period. Because I even still feel like a 10-year period is uh I mean, I think if we're doing long, top tens, too, too I think we'll cover. cover enough in a 10-year period. You say you think we'll cover enough in a 10-year? Yeah, I mean, if we're doing a top 10 as opposed to a top 2 or 5 or something. Yeah, I guess it Yeah, it would depend, I guess, how big we want to make the lists whenever we come back to it. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll, we'll kick that around. That could be a filler episode at some point. When we got no hot news or anything to talk about, we'll just come up with some action movie lists and go with it. You could find 10, 10 Steven Seagal films. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and honestly, the Keanu Reeves movie for me it would have been on my... Two, had I uh, been able to, that we're going to talk about shortly, but because ah, the replacements. <laughs> well, you can you can use that for your Keanu Reeves movie. It doesn't have to be an action movie for the Keanu Reeves part. <laughs> uh, well, that seems like I guess a good a segue as any. We will yeah. go to the Keanu Reeves stuff now. Uh, so yeah, the other category we want to hit, we're going to talk about. We're we're each going to pick one of our favorite Keanu Reeves movies. Uh, we're going to. Uh, again, discard John Wick because we're going to review John Wick 2 at the end, so we'll probably talk enough about John Wick. Even though, honestly, it probably would have made one of my... I probably would have picked John Wick as my favorite, but again, we're discarding that. Oh, actually, one thing I wanted to get to before we move forward on our picks, uh, I mentioned in the intro that there are six movies Keanu Reeves has played a character named John. Can you guys name all six? Well, John Wick 1 and 2. <laughs> That's very simple. Well, yeah, we'll just consider John Wick as one. one oh, so there's character. actually seven, then. If yeah, seven, if you pick there's John seven Wick movies, and, like, so we're looking character. for five more. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm trying not to scroll down on my list, because I have the answers, and I'm trying to make sure Eric doesn't see them. I'm not going to know them. Okay, so he, he, was, right he was Shane Falco in The Replacements, I know that. Yeah. Classic, classic. Uh, footsteps <laughs> Falco, man. But, um... Constantine. He was John Constantine, yes. Uh, I want to say, I cannot remember his name in Speed, but I want to say it was John. Possibly, no. No. Incorrect, he was Jack. Jack. In Speed. bitch. It's the same thing. I'm just trying to think. (laughs) You're you're close. Johnny Mnemonic, right? Johnny Mnemonic was one. (laughs) Got half of them. I forgot about Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, he's been in so many... Mike, you mentioned it on the Facebook page. What was your pick? I know that one. I'm just holding on to that to see if anybody else gets it. Okay. I'm not going to use like one of my favorite movies, and I'll let Eric and <laughs> Ian see if they can pull that out. But now that you said it, they could probably remember from my Facebook There's one post. I don't think anybody will get, because I don't think any of us have seen it. I know I have. I was going to say, there's probably one of those weird, like... Uh, girly movies he did he did a couple of those at one point yeah i don't even i guess it's a girly movie i haven't really i don't even really know lake what it's house? about what lake house is it no not that one that's the only one i know that's girly <laughs> for him uh i don't even know if i can give any hints what's his name in point break it that yes it a point break it, it point breaks one that was the one i listed so, on yeah. the facebook page yeah, Johnny Utah in, in Point Break. So yes. That's four of the six. There's two more. That's a good name. A oh, good Johnny name. Utah. That's a great name. Um, so that's four. So, oh, damn. 
I mean, I have, I did look them up. I have the list. If you want me to tell you the last two. Okay. I, I'm not gonna get it. I want to say the Matrix. Neo. No. Yeah, the only thing he's credited he was... is Neo. He was Mr. Anderson. Yeah, but you don't no, know. No, first... what? His name is Neo. I don't think they ever call him his first name, right? You don't know if it's John Anderson. He just I... says Mr. Anderson the whole time. I thought it, um, it, I might be wrong. I thought they said his first name at some point in the first one there, but I if they, I mean, I looked at IMDb. If, if it is John, it wasn't listed on IMDb. He's just listed as Neo on IMDb. Well, you got to pull up the matrix with you. Come on. Bro. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I didn't say, do uh, that. I'm, I'm doing that right now. Cause I, okay. All right. Well, the other two that I have, the one that we, no one will get is generation. Um, I've never What's even that? heard of it. I have it. no idea. But he cares. But a, a character named John. It is a it is a movie. Yes. Does it John have a last name in that film? According to IMDb, no, just John. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it's really memorable. Uh, the last one is Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, John Harker. Yep. Uh, damn so it! I should have got Point that break. one. Bram Stoker's Dracula, Johnny Mnemonic, Constantine, Generation Um. And John Wick. He is Thomas Anderson in The Matrix. Thomas, okay. And they actually give a, so a middle initial, Thomas A. Anderson. Figure that one out. <laughs> but, okay. Right, so you guys got pretty close. You got the majority. Four out of six. Not bad. Um, all right, so moving on to the our picks and such. Uh, yesterday, actually, I posted on Facebook and on the Facebook page and then my personal Facebook and asked people to name their favorite Keanu Reeves movie. The results I think that we got back, cause we actually got feedback on this, which kind of surprised me. So thank you everyone who contributed. Cause that was pretty awesome. Uh, I think the answers were a lot more varied than I expected. I expected a lot of John wick and the matrix, but I was surprised how much love Constantine and the replacements got. I was disappointed so that, just, that I was the only person that said point break. Yeah. That even that surprised me. Like, so, yeah, I think, again, because Mike already commented, I think we know where Mike stands. But, Mike, if you want to give us your, your pick for Keanu Reeves' movie that is that is not John Wick. It's actually Speed. No, I'm kidding. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was, I was so ready. <laughs> no, it, it is Point Break, of course. Um, I mean, I could talk for hours about Point Break, but let's just say, one, we get Gary Busey in his before picture. Um, <laughs> and... He's in his full, you know, 80s goodness, and you get, you know, full-on Patrick Swayze. They're robbing banks and President's Mass. Patrick Swayze lights a gas pump on fire and uses it as a flamethrower. Uh, I mean, the villain, who's really kind of a villain, not a villain, Bodie, he goes out, you know... And he dies on his own terms in a big giant wave, but is he actually dead? Do we really know? No, we don't know. Um, you can thank the ending of this movie for the Fast and the Furious' ending. Um, you can... I mean... <sighs> there's just so many damn things in this movie that just make it incredible. Um, Did you ever fire your gun in the air while screaming really loudly? I was going to get there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and because, once again, we get that line in Hot Fuzz. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I knew you were pulling it from Hot Fuzz, but I mean, <laughs> I just can't say enough. I mean, they, they're just 
for anybody who has not seen the original Point Break, do not watch the piece of shit new one they made. Um, Have you watched the re- the rebooted remake one? Yes. Okay. And I, maybe it's my nostalgic view of the original that just makes me hate it. Um, but and I feel like that's the wide opinion for that movie is that no one asked for it, no one wanted it, they made it anyway, and it turned out to be exactly what everyone thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah, don't don't bother with it. Just watch the original again, and you'll be happier. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I wouldn't say this is my favorite Keanu Reeves role. You know, Johnny Utah's not an incredibly deep character. Um, but Bodhi, I think, is the character that Patrick Swayze is Bodhi. For those who have not seen it, good lord, if you haven't, I'll just... Um, <laughs> It, 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 uh, his character, the depth of the character, actually does offer a lot to a viewer. Um, and it was something that I think kind of has become more and more popular is the villain having the better story than the hero. And yeah. I think, I'm not saying that Point Break started the villain having <laughs> the better story than the hero, but I think it was an exemplary example of it. And I'm probably, people are going to think I'm speaking way too highly of Point Break, so I'm going to stop <laughs> and let you guys give give your thoughts. Hey, I mean, like you said earlier, everybody's got their opinions, you have your favorite, we're not here to knock your pick <laughs> or anything. Uh, you, Ian, Eric, you guys got anything to add for Point Break? I mean, a movie about surfers who may be robbers, you can't top that. <laughs> <laughs> are you saying that is your pick for favorite Keanu Reeves movie? Oh, no, no. <laughs> 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 so apparently you can top that. Uh, oh, yeah. I've just thought with an action movie that are, involves surfers. <laughs> <laughs> They're adrenaline junkies. Surf They're not just surfers. Die. Don't forget that. They're all around adrenaline junkies. That's why they rob banks. Oh, they for the adrenaline you guys can't forget surf ninjas, man. <laughs> I mean, come on. Isn't surf- there a, is isn't, a, real isn't there a three ninjas <laughs> version where surf they surf, ninjas. too? <laughs> Wasn't there like a Three Ninjas where they did the surfing? I remember Three Ninjas. I don't remember them surfing unless that was one of the sequels that I didn't see. Oh, there were so many sequels. Was it called Four Ninjas? Ian, what'd you say? Was it called Four Ninjas that they just keep like adding on <laughs> the sequels? No, they ju- it, it, it was what? Three Ninjas and then Three Ninjas Kick Back and then Three Ninjas something. And a baby. Oh, yeah. It just kept... <laughs> I would watch the hell out of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Pulled all those people back today, put them into Three Ninjas again. <laughs> Add a baby. They can't be doing anything, right? And have the ninja baby just kicking the shit out of everything. <laughs> Training Colt, the baby Rocky to be Tum-tum ninja. Colt, Rocky, and something to do. <laughs> That's right, I remember their names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was... Wow. And Surf Ninjas wasn't? Surf Ninjas is a fucking great movie. <laughs> the dude has a Sega Genesis that predicts the future. It's great. <laughs> or Game Gear, sorry, Sega Game Gear, because it's portable. You need help. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen's in it. Oh, wow. Rob Schneider's in it. I don't know who's crazier, you or Ian, right now. It's a great movie. <laughs> I'm not saying that it's not. <laughs> All right. We get, we get the point. Bro. Yeah, okay. We get I'm, the point. I'm done harping or uh, hyping up Surf Ninjas. For anyone that hasn't seen it, you should probably go watch it because it's 90s gold. Yeah, and that'll be on tap for you. Got <laughs> uh, a busy weekend, Brian. Yeah, apparently. Fifth Element, Surf Ninjas. I know. I don't think Surf Ninjas is so obscure. I don't even think you could find like a DVD copy of it anywhere. I think they just don't exist. <laughs> you have to find it on VHS somewhere. Never know. 
Uh, all right, so I've successfully sidetracked us. Anyone else want to comment on Point Break? I'm good after that. <laughs> we, you got to remember to talk before Ian, Eric. You got to yeah, and then now I have to remember to talk before Brian. So. <laughs> yeah, now that too. Yeah, got to talk first. I think we get. We'll let Eric go next because I feel like I want to make. I know his pick, so I want to see if he beats Ian to it because I'm afraid Ian's going to pick this one too. <laughs> yes, Ian's probably going to pick the same one. So I'll make a go with the replacements. That's my favorite. Yeah, I was still surprised how much love this got it's on Facebook. It's such a good movie. Every time it comes on, I have to watch it. It's funny. It it, it just has everything with it. It's not an action movie like Eve. Right, the yeah. It's still a great it movie. Is. Yeah, I don't know why. It's just I, a bunch I, of idiots that don't really <laughs> shouldn't play football end up playing football and kicking the shit out of like pros. Like it, it That's awesome. <laughs> I do like that movie. It, it is very warm and fuzzy even yeah. and all that stuff. But it's just – I don't know why. It's just whenever – someone mentions Keanu Reeves movie, that's not one that immediately pops into my head is like, oh yeah, there's that one. Oh, that's like that and Constantine would are my first two. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the, the replacements ben to John me, Wick. it just, it has a lot of good comedy. I mean, it, oh, yeah. it, it really does. And it actually has decent heart in the movie that feels genuine. You know, it's not yeah. forced heart. They got Gene Hackman to add a lot of it and Gene Hackman's always going to kill it. We know that. So, yeah. It, it it hit things on a lot of levels. You get a couple hours of Brooke Langton in a cheerleader outfit, which, how could that go wrong? Um, <laughs> it, it, I mean, I don't know. It, it hit all the right notes. And... It's a good underdog story. Yeah. I mean, it's just that's we, what, it, what it is. It, it, isn't the kicker's name, it, it, the actor, isn't that like Risa Fons or something like that? Is that who that is? Yeah. 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 I mean, how how great was he in that? He did. Yeah. Yeah. Really I mean, good. he's wiry. Ole, 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 ole. He's wiry. Why, why, wiry. <laughs> I mean, I, I still to this day want to see a kicker throw a cigarette out of their mouth before they kick the ball. Give <laughs> it out on the field. Like, I, I have to see that at some point in my life, in real life. So, yeah. A great choice. <laughs> uh, Ian, did he hijack your pick? No. no. Okay. Surprisingly. So I mean, I feel like you've been dying film. to talk about replacements. So what do you what do you got on the replacements? Oh, it's a terrific film. It really hits you hard though because we've all lost the Sugar Bowl by forty five points before. <laughs> so really, that's where I think it really gets everyone. You're all like, oh damn it! I remember what that happened to be. Don't feel bad, Shane. It's so relatable. And, it, and I think it's that thing in sports now where like where people hate when athletes do things like leaving their team and stuff. Like oh, you fucking millionaires. So people liked it when these millionaires went on strike and then. Shane Falco shows up with his boys. We're like, oh, it's still fun to play football. Have us play football. You can real get into it, like letting those millionaires suck on lemons. <laughs> yeah. Make, make, make football fun again. Yeah. That's why we elected Trump. Because <laughs> we want the NFL to come back around. <laughs> yeah, it's no longer the No Fun League. It's the Make Fun League. NFL. <laughs> NFL. Trademark 2018. <laughs> But I mean, there's some great fight scenes in there that I think are even up there with Point Break for their actions. <laughs> now you're just pushing Mike's buttons. <laughs> I'm just a little bit. <laughs> he was digging on you last week too. If you haven't listened to last week's yeah, episode, I listened to it today. Uh now I'm I gotta listen out, to man. it. I have not yet <laughs> got to it. 
I thought there was going to be By tension then. already when I knew they were going to both be on. <laughs> I hadn't listened, so there's not tension. To it, so now that's like, ah, uh, like anticlimactic for me. <laughs> <laughs> I have not got to that yet. I will. Now I'm going to have to get to it and then find his address and. <laughs> we'll see what happens it's on my facebook page and it's on my teespring <laughs> on the front it says hey guys on the back it says my address so you can mail me money <laughs> <laughs> replacements is amazing though. yeah i was gonna bring it back around so the replacements <laughs> i mean yeah i mean i can't imagine if you replaced all of us with shade falco <laughs> oh, great episode i mean i feel like even john favreau was just awesome like, yeah. Oh, that's right. He was in that too. I can't. I forgot about him. Forget what his like, actual it, name is, but like whatever the coach was said, like give me the ball. And he yeah. like, goes, get the ball. Here's the ball. And yes. like, at each other. <laughs> then the, it, the best part of that when they scream at each other is when they both calm down for a second afterwards and they're like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> just kind of walk <laughs> away like calmly <laughs> afterwards. It's great. <laughs> Yeah, now I definitely want to watch Replacements now, too. I got, like, a whole list of shit I'm going to have to watch. We filled your weekend for you. Apparently, yeah. You're welcome. Fuck editing. I I mean... Yeah, yeah, screw this show. (laughs) I got movies to watch. (laughs) I mean, I actually had a moment last night where I was talking to my wife about it and about the topic we were going to be talking about, and I told her, oh, Point Break. And she said, oh, I've never seen it. And my jaw just kind of hit the floor, like... (laughs) What? Well, I know what we're doing Friday night. (laughs) Not once. (laughs) <laughs> multiple times we're going to be watching this movie. <laughs> you still talking about watching Point Break? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> sexual joke went over everyone's head. <laughs> ah, gotcha. Okay, now I get it. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, this, this has to be cut. This is not, not worth the time. <laughs> Uh, all right, so that leaves my pick, right? Everybody else went. I didn't go yet for some reason. Yeah, he, no. he just talked about replacements. Oh, no, that's right, that's right. Go ahead. Give a... Okay, so I picked the replacements. <laughs> <laughs> no, I picked uh, my favorite Keanu movie, A Scanner Darkly. Okay. Mm. Keanu plays a undercover drug cop in the not-too-distant future with dangerous new drugs and then gets addicted to said drugs. So classic, classic dirty cop gone rogue it's got robert downey jr in it playing the best robert downey jr ronnie bedauer jr has ever played (laughs) and it's got this real cool look to it where it's almost like cell animated and it's really fun to watch in that regard and i think that's why i think it really stuck to me is i just like the look of the movie so much it was pretty yeah Mm -hmm. like that cell shaded stuff yeah real weird yeah i don't think i think it's got a lot of no, well, I was just going to say, I don't think I can contribute to that, because I don't think I've seen that one either. Yeah. I, I know what movie Last you're talking one. about, but I've never seen it. I've never seen it, so I can't even. I've seen it a couple times, but not in a good while. So I couldn't contribute a great deal, other than I remember enjoying it and thinking it looked really cool. Kind of like what you said, but the story and everything, it kind of clicked a little more when you started talking about it. But mm-hmm. it's been a long time. See, Keanu Reeves in the movie is a honeypot to find out where all the drugs are being grown. So they get him addicted to the drugs without him knowing about it while he lives with a bunch of drug dealers. Uh, Mm -hmm. Classic honeypot. And it's also got some really nice dark humor in it, too, which is very fun. I think for everyone. Everyone in Joey's getting real depressed for a little bit. 
Oh man, that guy died alone. That sucks. <laughs> was it? Was there a bunch of people in that movie? I feel like that was more of like an ensemble thing. Yeah, I... Uh, I mean, there's surprisingly like a lot of people, but like there's only like a couple that matter. Okay. Like there's a core like five that are real important, and then there's other periphery characters that you don't really care about. Gotcha. Okay. But you're there for Keanu and Robert Downey, and maybe we Winona Ryder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're on the fence about her. I'm really there for Keanu. That's fair, since this is a Keanu countdown. Mm-hmm. You could you could feel his pain from losing that sugar bowl in this roll. <laughs> All his rolls bleed together. Yeah, that's what the Matrix was about. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, you guys got anything else for Scanner Darkly? I Like I said, yeah. I can't contribute to that one. No. I, I haven't seen it, so yeah, I can't really contribute to that. I guess I have to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> so you got your homework now. Thank you. <laughs> it used to be on Netflix. I don't think it is anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, see? That's the well, best they, way I, I have to find stuff. They usually come back around eventually. There you go. Keanu's hot again, so. Yeah. on Netflix. See if it comes back. Will do. Uh, Alright, so now we'll get around to my pick. Uh, The obvious one for me I feel like should be The Matrix, but I'm not going with The Matrix. I'm going to go with Speed. It's still my favorite. Can't go wrong with Speed. Something about, like, on a bus that can't slow down. It's fucking great. I mean, even for a movie, like, you'd think, okay, they're confined to a bus for half the movie. That has to be somewhat boring. Nope. Full Full throttle the whole time. It's fucking great. Yeah, I mean... Dennis the, Hopper's a bad guy. It's great, too. Dennis Hopper's always a good bad guy. Yeah. Always. And it was... I mean, I actually feel like it was a fairly original idea at the time to make an action movie that way. Yeah. You know, and say that, okay, we're just gonna put them in the bus and let them have that for the movie. And it held up. The tension held throughout the whole movie. And... It worked, obviously, since they got a speed two that we just won't talk about. <laughs> speed on a boat. Yeah. Yeah, great. Great, great concept. <laughs> so great that Keanu didn't come back for that one. <laughs> well, you think about it. You have a bus. Let's, like, go on the water with the bus. So you got to have a boat. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. I'm surprised we didn't get a speed three, like, NASA. <laughs> like... It's a space Speed shuttle three, this Air time. Force One. Yeah, there you go. In the air. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I can say anything else for it because it's just great. That's. I mean, that's another one I haven't watched in a while. So now that I'm talking about it, I want to watch it again. You have a list of a bunch of. Movies I know. I got. I got like four or five movies on this list now. Yeah. Oh, and then Sandra Bullock too. That was like her first big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Kicked her off from that. So yeah, I don't know. You guys got anything else to add for Speed? It was weird she was in Speed 2, though. They couldn't get Keanu, but they got her. Well, she was, the, I guess, the other biggest star from there that survived the movie. Yeah, but it, she just she survived after Speed 2, but at the same time, I feel like Keanu made the right choice. Oh, no, yeah, I agree. So It's a movie that should never have been made. Well, and I, well, I just think it's like kind of, if you look at their careers, I feel like Keanu makes a lot of good choices and she makes several bad ones um i mean yeah that's probably fair don't get me wrong 
she's not making bad choices. She's getting paid shitloads of money to go and do movies. So somebody says, here, here's whatever the hell her salary is for a movie. Yeah, maybe Keanu's like just a little bit more selective. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, it, 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 it definitely kicked her career off, and she's a big thing, so. Yeah. That, that, that's something to add to speed that it, you know, will always have. It didn't really kick off Keanu's career, but I feel like it helped him catapult even higher. Um, Did he do anything before that? That he got? Rec- I feel like Speed was the one he finally got recognized for, and then went from there. Well, I mean, this Bill and Ted. I was gonna say Point Break, Bill no, and that's Ted. True. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say there was one other one before that that it just didn't get as big as Speed, but it it really did kind of push him over the top. I would say. Yeah. Well, was it like another action movie, or because like then when Speed had been his first action movie? Well, point Break came before Speed. Coming from what, like Bill and Ted, and then doing Speed. And wait, did he do Point Break? Was Point Break before yeah, Speed? Yeah, before. Yeah, Point Break. Two years, yeah. three years. Okay, so probably Point Break would have been his first action movie, right? Yeah, I would think that's. I can't think of any others that would have been that early for him. Not off the top of my head. I was just curious, like how it fell. That's all, because I really, you know, not exactly sure on his order of his movies and how they came out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the difference, I think, between Point Break and Speed is that Point Break feels very 80s and Speed feels very 90s. Like, there's actually, like, that gap you can feel between those two movies. Yeah, that's fair. I should pick The Lake House, damn it. (laughs) You missed your chance. (laughs) Fuck. Let's go back. You even mentioned it earlier. I know, and I forgot somehow. <laughs> it's almost like I picked my movies out ahead of time. <laughs> Stupid lists, man. Screw it up. Uh, Alright, so this is probably a good chance to uh, finish off our Keanu Reeves segment and then go on to John Wick. Um, and since we're probably going to be talking spoilers, Eric hasn't seen John Wick, so we're going to cut him loose. Bummer. <laughs> Did you see the first one? Yes, I saw the first one. <laughs> Several times. Should I specify, Ian, he hasn't seen John Wick 2? I was just checking. <laughs> I, I didn't think this was going to be at the episode. It's just making conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, so we're going we're gonna to cut Eric loose now, and we'll get on to John Wick without him, because we don't want to ruin the movie for him. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> so, you guys can say your goodbyes. All right, Eric. Been nice talking with you. See ya. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I'll catch you on at some point playing games, Bradley. Uh, yeah, I'll be on. You know me. <laughs> right on. <laughs> All right, man. Have a good night, Mr. Shit Show. All right, see ya, Paul Bart. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> we in <had> this! <laughs> All right, so we've cut Eric loose. We've let him go. We're back to the gruesome threesome. I don't know. <laughs> so, like it. so that's like you come up with right there uh so we're gonna finally talk get uh talking about john wick 2 uh keanu's latest action movie and just to give us a little bit more freedom with the discussion i'm gonna throw out the spoiler warning for the movie so if you haven't seen john wick 2 you can stop us now come back to us after you've seen it or if you know you don't mind spoilers you can just keep listening through all the good stuff we're gonna talk about uh so this is your last warning spoilers follow for john wick 2 spoiler Wee-oo, wee-oo. Spoiler! You know, something like that.
Uh, Alright, so we're in the spoiler territory for John Wick 2. What do you guys want to talk about for John Wick? Anybody can sound um, off whatever you want to whatever you want to touch on. First and foremost, how fucking awesome was the entire scene during the concert and what followed in the tunnel? Um, it, that was just incredible. Like, yeah, okay, she kills herself and then he has to get out. So, like, the beginning of it just with the stare down with uh, Common. Yeah, I can't remember the character's name. Common. We'll just we'll just say Common. Yeah. Um. It, it, from that point on, you see the tension rising there, and you're like, oh, shit, some people are going to die dancing to music again. Because um, the same type of thing happens in the first one, where he runs through a crowd during... I think that one's in a club. But, yeah. you know, you get the loud music mm-hmm. playing, and just... It, it, it's just awesome. You see, like, it, several times there, I was like, oh, did he just shoot somebody wrong? Nope, nope, that was one of the guys with a gun. Like, <laughs> like how many times... Seriously, like how many times do you think he just shot somebody listening to the music? Like... <laughs> He's able to pick them out, and you're like, oh, oh no, okay. But, yeah. I mean, the way he laid his guns out in the tunnel and planned for the whole thing, and, I mean, the discussion with the gunsmith, we'll call him, uh, you know, that he needs... Oh, I love that. When he got the, to the Continental, and he's like, uh, can you set up a wine or a tasting? Yeah. I don't even think he says wine tasting, just a tasting. Yeah. And you think he's going to end up at a wine cellar, and it's just an armory full of weapons that he's checking out and trying. Yeah. And the way he called it, like, oh, and for dessert, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. he has a little, the knife for dessert. It was just, it was awesome. And the shotgun, holy hell, that was just incredible. I was going to say, I think that's the best shotgun sequence I've seen in an action movie probably ever. Definitely ever. I mean, because we didn't get the, a shotgun in the first one. As, I don't remember. As far one, as no. I remember. It was mostly pistols. Yeah. So seeing him just annihilate people with a shotgun for, like, I mean, this whole sequence was probably 15 minutes. I mean, it felt like oh, that yeah. during the movie. So you get a good five, six minutes of him just destroying people with a shotgun. And when he pushes the guy into the wall with the shotgun and he's out of ammo, it's helps like my favorite him kill. pressed against the wall the whole time, <laughs> reloads around, and then kills him. Oh, that was incredible. <laughs> I love that, like... Yeah, while he's reloading, he pulls out the pistol to kill someone else. Yeah. While still pinning that fucker against the yeah, wall. Yeah, that's right, he does. It's perfect! It's one thing this movie does so well that I think other movies don't, is they account for every bullet. Yes. You see him reload, you see him run out of ammo, and what happens when he runs out of ammo, and how to move on to the next thing, and what gun to use for what situation. Like, the the type of planning and choreography that goes into those sequences, it's fucking great. And some of his best kills are his reload kills. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, throughout both movies, the reload kills are amazing. Yes. And I feel like if this was, like, a online multiplayer first-person shooter game, he spams the hell out of choking somebody with their coat jacket. <laughs> like, I, I feel like by the by the end of that movie, I was getting to the point, like, okay, he's done this many times now. Like, pulling the coat jacket across their neck, I'm like, oh, so he's doing that again. But that would be, like, the only bad thing I would say about their action like drops is that that just seemed to happen too much but at the same yeah. time he also does things that make so much sense for what somebody would have to do in a situation like that when you know he runs out of ammo gets hand to hand with somebody ends up pinning them to the ground taking their gun and shooting a guy that's coming in behind him and then he kills yeah. the guy that's still pinned to the ground 
Because, you know, in most movies, you'd see the action sequence play out in a different order where, the, you know, you'd pin the guy to the ground, finish off one, and then go on to fight the next one. You know, he's handling a hand-to-hand combat with somebody at the same time as a firefight with another person. And I think that's what makes these action sequences so unique to what we've seen before. I think, I mean, at least for me, the other thing that stands out with the action, because it's a, it's a pet peeve of mine, so I pick it up probably in more movies than, than most people, is all the shaky cam quick cut, quick cut stuff that this movie has none of. Yeah. Like, they, they pull the camera back, they show you the area, they let it play out. There's, like, a lot of long takes of just, you know, how they choreographed it and memorized the moves and everything like that. That's a lot of time to forget and mess up, and they just let the camera sit there and go through all the moves, and it plays out beautifully. And you can actually see what these people were trained to do, and it helps you appreciate it more instead of the camera bouncing around, and you can't tell where people are in, in the room, where the setups are, how their landing hits... The shaky cam and the quick cuts are, I think, just a shortcut now for directors to, like, when I noticed at first, I think, like, in The Born Supremacy, the second one, was I feel like where it became very prevalent, and I feel like that was more to try to intensify the action, to give you a real up-close and personal feel for what's going on, this, these real close, quick, hand-to-hand combat stuff, but people started using that and abusing that technique all over the place. And now I think it's used as a shortcut to hide how terrible some of these fight sequences are. So having something like John wick, where you actually get to see this stuff really well and really well done, it helps you appreciate that stuff a lot more. And that's what I want to see in action movies. And I don't think enough people do that. Agreed. There's several times during things that it's so well planned out that you see somebody like off in the corner of the screen, you're like, oh, that guy's going to get the drop on him. And you know because of the way they're filming it, he's going to address that exact person that went around the corner in the back of the screen. That, yeah, you know, exactly. Like, it's there, it's happening real time. It That, to me, is... I don't know, they're just perfecting action sequences in these movies. Yeah. Uh, Ian, you got anything to add for the action sequences? That's like the best part. It's it, the whole movie is a vehicle to have John Wick, John Wick everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's just it's all it is is the journey. It's kind of like Mad Max was one long chase scene. Oh, that's so, like fair. John yeah, Wick's yeah. one long like fucking people up. This one didn't happen as much. I felt like the first one was more one continue. It was basically one continuous chase to get the guy from Game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah. And then this one it got broken up because I was real surprised when he went to kill that girl's brother, like the. The, the, <laughs> the kill the sister that like I was like oh wait this is happening already this seems like way too soon yeah like I was like oh whoa shit like what the fucking time is it yeah it, so I wasn't sure where they're gonna go with it from there it does a good job of like escalating as the movie goes on mm-hmm. it starts with the one mission and then shit goes wrong and then it compounds after that to like when shit really hits the fan by the end of the movie yes mm-hmm. yeah like I honestly I when He's going through the whole preparation to kill the guy's sister. I'm thinking we're going to get him storming this place, just destroying mm-hmm. people on the way in, and you don't get that. And I think that's why it was a surprising moment, because he just turns up in her room. Yeah. And you're thinking, like, oh. And then she kills herself, and you're like, shit, he's just going to get out of here scot-free. And I'm thinking, no, nah, wait, this is a John Wick movie. This isn't... <laughs> <laughs> like, he's not... All those weapons and cool shit that they just showed him picking up are not going by the wayside in this movie. We're going to get some crazy shit happening here soon. 
Yeah. What I think that shows, though, is a lot is, like, how good he actually is at his job. And I think that really established it, that he just is able to show up. Yeah. Without any real resistance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he he, he can do the kick the shit out of everybody thing, but he can also do the silent assassin part of it, where Mm -hmm. nobody knows what just happened. And I kind of feel like, you know, they, they set that up well, where if he had not walked past that one wrong point where Common happened to be walking by, he would have walked away entirely free. Oh, yeah. I love that. Every time he crosses paths with someone, what's up, John? Hey, you working? Right yeah. so. And then shit goes down. Well, I mean, that's what he says there. He's like, I think Common says something like, good night? And he's like, unfortunately. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like... And right then and there, you know, like, oh, shit, now they're going to have this happen. Like, so, I, it's still something that I, I love seeing, you know, within their assassin community. That, yes, you know, yeah. even within these badass assassins, they are all still hesitant as hell to fuck with him. You know, like, they, yeah. they know they have to, or, you know, something like that. They do it for a contract for the $7 million that was put on his head. They're like, okay, we'll risk our lives to do it. But they all are just like, not him. You know, like, <laughs> they all... I loved, like, that was one thing that stuck out to me in the first one. Like, the whole, like, underworld of the assassin community that they set up, and how they built it to... You know, the Continental, like, nothing goes down in the Continental, so, like, everybody can cross paths even if they're against each other, but no bad shit happens at the Continental. Like, stuff like that's awesome. And it was, like, a tip of the iceberg in John Wick 1, and they really, I think, blew that up in this movie, where you see a lot more of the inner workings of how that society works, and the right. rules and regulations for all that stuff. And I I love that world that they built for these this franchise now, I guess. Yeah. And I'm really curious to see where they go in the next one, because I think that'd be awesome. I mean, it, yeah, because even as afraid of they are as John Wick, they're even more afraid of that organization. Right. You know, yeah. like, it, John comes in and he doesn't want to fuck with that. Because he knows what it could mean. And, yeah. I mean, when they, when him and Common burst through the window, land on the floor, and they both kind of instantly realize where they are and stop, it was kind of like, yeah. ah, so they really do respect it. Okay. You know, and... I mean, that was just a great scene. The tension of them having the drink at the bar was yeah. just great. For a minute, like, even at the bar, at least for me, as they were talking about what happened and, and why he was doing what he was doing, I was like, oh, okay, Common's going to respect his decision and he didn't have a choice and they're going to walk away as friends. Nope, he still wanted to kill him after that. Nothing was solved. Yeah. Yeah. It- how awesome was that scene at walking through the subway? Oh, oh that, was, that was perfect. <laughs> like using silencers and trying to slyly pick each other off. Yeah. Just <laughs> crowded full of people. Oh, it was great. I mean, it, it, that was one of the issues I still had, even with the first one and this one, though. And not so much with that scene, because they were trying to do it very incognito. about yeah. you know, But in the club scene and at the concert, all these people are getting shot. And nobody's running away and fleeing like crazy because there's a firefight going down. Everybody just kind of seems to keep on jamming to the music. And, like, there is one scene I remember in the first one that everybody kind of clears out. But, for the most part, as soon as the gun would go off and you'd see somebody's head blown off, people would start screaming. I mean, that... Yeah, I I, I don't know. I think in this... 
Go ahead, Ian. I think in this one, though, since it's her coronation, I think the type of people there would be more used to that. So in the first one, I agree more. Yeah. But I think in this one, like, yeah, they, they don't want to be around the firefight, but I don't think it would sketch them out as much as, like, if we were to run into it while we're boosting off the DJ Jammy Jams. <laughs> okay, I mean, I, I agree in that sense, but at the same time, I feel like one way or another, if people are getting shot, you're not just going to stand there. Bullets are being fired. I mean, if you panic, I mean, well, you're like, ah, I'm not moving. Well, well, I'm saying, but bullets are being fired. Like, it, it, you don't just stick around when guns start going off. I don't I'm care. I don't care who you people, are. You find cover. I'm trying to remember how many people he actually takes out through the crowd before he gets to the catacombs. Because if it's like two or three, no, I could almost play that off as like. Just the music's too loud. Like, I don't care how loud the gunshot is. The bass is louder and drowning everything else out. Because he's killing people so close quarters that I think unless you're looking for it, maybe the people aren't realizing what's happening until maybe it's too late. I want to... Like, walking away from the crowd that whole time, too. I mean, I... Yeah. He's leaving it. I I, I think there's that, but I want to say there's probably at least ten people he kills through that crowd. I think the bigger thing for me with that was, was him, like, knowing who to pick off. To me, it just feels like they would definitely, they, there would definitely be more reaction than there was, I would think. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking there was less people, but maybe there are, there, maybe you did go through a lot more people that I'm thinking in that sequence. I mean, there was like at least six, I can think off the top of my head. Okay. But there's a point yeah. where four guys surround him and he gets all four. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the scene in the museum is more realistic, like, because everybody just kind of scatters that isn't gonna try to kill him or the guy he's trying to kill um I, I find that to be more realistic but I don't I don't know say so that that just always bugged me with the first one and this one but that that museum thing the archer that a big thing about that like all those people are there because the brothers now like getting that like seat or chair or whatever they call it are those the same people that are at his sister coordination do they like witness two like gunfights break out at like <laughs> the same kind of event? Like, within, like, a day of each other? I didn't pay that close attention I, I, if it was the same people or not. I was going to say, you can go back and look through the crowds and see if you see the same faces, if they use the same extras, and make your assumptions. I figure they only because... have a certain number of stunt guys, right? So it very well could be the same guys that died the first time around. They just brought them back Not even, do... just the people attending the parties. Like, you would expect that to be the same people, you know? Oh, yeah, the same people that were kissing her ass now have to show up to kiss his ass. Yeah, yeah and then John Wick the shows power. up the boat. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You're like, fuck! Thought he retired. Like, Damn it, we're going to have to do this again after he kills this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Whose ass do we have to kiss next? All right. I love that we actually got, like, I think they, they talked about it in the first one. We get it in the beginning of this one that we finally get to see him use a pencil to kill somebody. Yes. That I, Twice. Yeah, I'm going to say it rivaled the, the uh, Heath Ledger's Joker in his pencil. Mm-hmm. I I like the Heath Ledger Joker pencil kills more still because I didn't see it coming and be, just because of the setup. Oh, that's the fair. magic trick. Yeah. <laughs> the, the set, yeah, the setup and delivery disappear. was great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so... But yeah, just that they like they foreshadowed it. I think even the because I just rewatched the first one not too long ago and I'm pretty sure they talked like, the same line of dialogue you get in the beginning of the of chapter two with him talking about, like, I heard a story about him killing three people with a pencil. A fucking pencil! I think, like, those same lines of dialogue are in the first movie by the kid's father is telling that to somebody. Mm-hmm. He was he tells it as 
I was in the room when John Wick killed a, three guys with a pencil. So I'm lo- telling it to that guy. That'd be cool. No, because that guy wasn't in the in the first one. I forget yeah, who he, he was did, telling he it to. There. It might have been his son or something. But yeah, it was just I love that that story. Like that's the story that everyone remembers, and that's the one that gets around with John Wick. Well, you wouldn't forget that. Well, yeah, that's three fair. guys. No, that's fair. One guy. That's fair. Two guys. <laughs> I'm impressed. Three guys. Fuck. <laughs> Like, same pencil, too. It wasn't multiple pencils. Yeah. One pencil. He had to pull it out. <laughs> he didn't have a pack of pencil mates, is what you're saying. He, <laughs> yes. just... he keeps it in the back pocket when he runs out of bullets. Just pulls out a bunch yeah. of number two pencils, sharpens them, and kills people with them. Like, if they wanted to go for some comedy, instead of that guy giving him knives for dessert, he gives him a box of pencils. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, just slide it over the table. Like, I've heard that story, too. Here you go. The John's like, huh. <laughs> so that was the one thing I get. Like, Keanu's not a great actor. This movie really establishes that for me, that he's not, like, terrific at delivering dialogue. <laughs> like, it, it felt wooden to me, but I'm, like, fine with it because it's John Wick. But, it, like, I'm never at any point, like, yeah, like, I believe in it in Keanu. Like, it always feels like him delivering dialogue to me. I, I... I don't know how to frame this. I feel like maybe his, his one of his better acting roles is probably Bill and Ted, just because he's a little bit more far out there and gets to run with it a little bit more with Bill and Ted. It's a little bounce around, a little fun. Yeah. Like everything else, like you said, it's a little bit more stiff and wooden. He's not, he doesn't show a lot of emotion. Mm-hmm. His, I think that's just what his characters are like. So it works, but I think, you know, Bill and Ted, he was I think it's... a little bit more fun. I think he gets chosen for these roles that are like this a lot because he has that look that you you believe he could be the one for the Matrix. You believe he could be this ridiculous assassin just by looking at him. You're just kind of like, there's something going on there more than meets the eye. It's just the way that Keanu Reeves looks. Like he, he I don't know how to describe it any better than that. But <laughs> yeah, I can see he that. has that aura about him of some sort of there's more going on underneath. Yeah. And perhaps, you know, like maybe the wooden performance is proof that there's not, but <laughs> what well, I think know. it almost helps because it makes it easier to project yourself into the character when it's not like as personal for like Keanu, like you, it's, there's a lot more you could interpret because he's not delivering this really heavy uh, performance where I'm like, oh, I, I, I'm buying it. Like when it's more wooden like this, like almost, I don't want to say schlocky, but it's easier to project yourself as, like, this everyman, because you wouldn't be good at giving dialogue either, you know? Right. Yeah, John Wick is not known for his monologues. No. But he doesn't have to be, and that's the point. Yeah, it's a lot of one-word answers and looks and stuff like that. Uh, yeah? What did you guys think of the uh, our little mini-Matrix reunion with Lawrence Fishburne and Keanu Reeves back together? I really wanted him, when he pulled out the thing with two guns in it, I wanted there to be a blue and a red gun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really did. I was hoping they would do something stupid like that. Would you like the blue gun or the red gun? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I don't know how I felt about the Lawrence Fishburne role. I, I don't know. It felt overly grandiose for what it was. Yeah, I agree. Like, it... it... He was giving it his all, I'll give him that. But it <laughs> felt like a lot. Especially going up against Keanu. <laughs> yeah, I think that definitely played into it. Is Keanu underplaying a little bit and him overplaying mm-hmm. made it feel that way more, probably. 
But at the same time, you know, the idea of the character for Lawrence Fishburne was awesome. You know, the mm-hmm. guy runs a league of hobo assassins <laughs> so so that he has eyes and ears on every corner of the city, you know, so that he knows everything that's happening. And they're using pigeon messengers, and all of a sudden it's friggin' Assassin's Creed again. Um, <laughs> but it... It was really cool, honestly, when he first decides he's going to seek out Lawrence Fishburne, and he just runs by the hobo, and he throws him a coin, and he's like, take me to him. Yeah. And you're like, Jesus, they're everywhere. (laughs) Like, that was one of the things I did feel was somewhat unrealistic. I mean, a lot of it's unrealistic. No, 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 no. I, I I was getting to the how many people are assassins. Oh, yeah. You know, like, he's just walking around, and everybody's looking at their phone, like, oh, gonna kill him. It's like every corner he turns, there's more people that just got this bounty for him. I'm like, so everybody's a killer, then. It gets bounties from this place. How special is it, really? Well, I think, I want to say at the end, like, at the very end of the movie when it happens, I think part of that's just his paranoia. It's not literally everyone's getting it. I think the end of the movie, it's more like just him like being right. super paranoid. But there is that part, the first time it happens, it's like, oh, literally everyone in New York's an assassin? Yeah. Which is believable. I'll, I'll believe that. <laughs> New York's pretty shitty. I was surprised how clean the subways were in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it just every corner he turns, somebody's pulling a gun on him. It's like... Mm-hmm. I think there was a, one of the reviews I was reading on it. Somebody called it, like, John Wick 1 gave you a taste of what this criminal assassin underworld would be like and this one sort of made it feel like an overlord like instead of underworld like it's everywhere but at the same time by the end of the review they're like you know what that was actually pretty awesome what am i complaining about again so yeah yeah, even though it does seem like they've blown up this world and it's a lot more entrenched and hidden everywhere in plain sight than we were led to believe in the first one it's still i think really well done and really fucking cool that i still like how they keep laying and like I don't know, presenting all these little things that we never thought of before, and it's all somehow connected to this whole society. I still really like all that stuff. I want to know more about making those coins, because apparently that's a big deal. So you had that meeting with a guy with the whole box of coins and said, that's that's good quality. And then John just has like an infinity amount of them. He doesn't No, he has them in his... uh, I I know, but I I think it's applied he has more. That's just like his go-bag stat. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. So yeah, I, just I was no thinking more like he that. had that kind of stash in every city that he worked in. Mm-hmm. Like, he could go to this city and have something ready for himself. He could go to that city. He had backup plans everywhere kind of thing. That's what I liked, like, with the Rome thing. We're like, oh, it's been a while since you've been here. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It was just fun. Like, everyone knows John. Yeah, I love... Like, ah, it's Johnny Boy. I love that there's a history with everything. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, I honestly like the... Uh, I, I, what did they call them? The uh, oath coins or whatever they were. Were what, what did they call that? Um, uh, the one, the thing that brought them back into the fold that the guy had. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember uh, what name they called it, but I guess like it's you, like a blood token. Yeah, that sounds they closer. Have a real name. Yeah, because they they put a like you stab yourself and then you put your blood fingerprint in there. Mm-hmm. Right. It, blood marker. What. The marker, yeah, that, yeah, that was marker. it. And that, to me, was just a cool idea mm-hmm. that, you know, he could basically 
whore out his future services for free to someone yeah. for a favor, and that if he didn't honor it, you know, it was deep six for him, you know, that kind of thing. That was really cool. Um, Actually, jumping from that... A- Sorry, do you have finish? Go ahead. I got something to add. It when you're done. I was I was just gonna say I, I thought it was a really cool way for them to pull him back in. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Ian and I were talking about this sort of back when we were texting about the movie. But uh, story wise, I was surprised. I, like I wasn't sure where the story was going to go. So I'm surprised what they did with it. Like you said, with the token and bringing him back in. And I thought it was a really well, really well written way to continue the story in a believable fashion as far as John Wick universe is concerned like I wasn't sure what yes. excuse he was going to have to kill a bunch of people and I thought it worked really well from a story standpoint it's just it didn't have that emotional connection I think the first one had the first one touches you a lot more this one he's forced back into it it makes sense oh yeah it does <laughs> but I think there's a lot more Like you, I think people can connect with that a lot more like everyone's lost someone revenge fantasy or this is more of a he's being forced into it he doesn't want to be there it's a good way to do it but it doesn't have the same pull on me as the first one did yeah yeah this he's just fighting for his life i felt like you know i mean he Mm -hmm. he felt more like his struggle to survive the situation he was thrust into it wasn't a revenge movie this time yeah it was i'm getting out and that's just the way it's going to go. And to truly be out, I'm going to have to kill this guy. So I just want to. Sorry, I just, just I was just going to jump back to sort of what I started to talk about, and then I got sidetracked. Uh, we we're talking about the the markers. He gets a new marker at the end of this one. Do we have any idea where he might use that? Or I mean, we're speculating into the next one. Presumably, they're going to make another one because this one ends on a cliffhanger with pretty much everybody and their mother after John Wick. Well, the question I have on that is, do we even know that it's a marker that... It's blank. I'm pretty sure they established it. Yeah, I think they showed it being blank. So it's like he can use it like he did last time. He used it to get out, but owed a favor, so that's what it would be for again. He'd have to owe someone a favor. Okay. Gotcha. But it's weird, though, because I assumed if he's, like, excommunicado, like, would it still work? Because that guy has the big book of it. But then he oh, wouldn't keeps like a record. part of that group anymore. Yeah. So I, don't, I wasn't sure about that. Well, I mean, would why would he give it to him if it wouldn't work? Well, I don't know. I, I, it just seemed weird if he keeps a big book of it, but like John's no longer a part of it. I mean, I feel like you're My... led to believe that he has a soft spot for John Wick. Oh, yeah. 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 So I just wasn't sure uh, how the, that would there work. There may be that. revelations that come later here. I, I have a sneaking sus- suspicion that could be his father. It Like, it... The way he talks to him sometimes, it, it fe- felt that way a little bit. He could just be a father figure. Is it just because he calls him course. Jonathan? Yeah. Like, it, the way he speaks to him, it, it does feel that way. But my real question is, when he hands him that marker, this guy seems to have a lot of control over this universe. Why does John not just pierce his thumb, press it in there, and hand it to him? Uh, hand it directly back to him. I, well, I think at the same time, I think like John knows what kind of trouble the first one gave him that, you know, basically got him back into that mess. So I think that's definitely a last resort type of thing. I think it's well, what would he ask him for? Yeah. Like specifically, like, cause he's already given him like that hour. He can't like he, cancel the like contracts or nothing. 
Like all he could really ask him for is like get out of the country, but I think he could accomplish that on his own. Right. Maybe. Yeah, I think John thinks he can handle it for now, and maybe if it gets too hard, maybe he'd come back to Winston. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I felt like it, it, that he could ask him to make it go away. I don't think like, that's what he was saying. He's pissed off so many people with committing the uh, the killing in the hotel that there's nothing he can do. Okay. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean, even if he could like not excommunicate him, that fourteen million dollar bounty is not from him. Not to, that's not from, to like, mention, the it's like if if John just gave him back the marker and said, "Wipe the contract," you know, "Let me go free." How many other people might have a marker that they have bounties on their head that now they're going to come up to Winston and just do the same thing? Like that's you're setting up a pattern of repetition with other people. That would sure. violate the rules and bring the whole system down, type of thing. Plus, I guess it goes back. I feel like, like to have, to have one of those markers to use is a special thing, though. I feel like not everybody gets to even have one of those that they're allowed to use. Oh, that could be true too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It, it it sets up a what's going to looks like it's going to be in a very fun third movie there with him. You know, on the run from all these assassins. Yeah, were you guys surprised that anybody? Were you surprised that it ended on a cliffhanger? I think at this point we knew they were going to keep making them. Yeah, I'm not like surprised they left it open this time. And there was just no way. I think like near the end, where you were like, "There's no way they can like really wrap all of this up." No. Yeah. That 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 was why. I mean, Common is going to be back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, like that word I'm certain of. So, obviously, I think that's gonna he's gonna play a big part in the final one. If it's the final one, if three is the final, you but... think he'd be a bad guy or or an ally? You think he'd be the I main think... one after John Wick, or do you think he'll come around and help John Wick out of his impossible situation? You could use the marker with him. That yeah, that could be. It, there's there could be a lot of ways that goes for the things we don't know it, like they could always have John has a marker on somebody else that yeah. we don't know about you know he may have one on him already um although if he did you know, i feel just, like he would have cashed it in in this movie like to prevent him from coming after him well he would have to find the guy he couldn't you know it seems like a personal thing. Like, you go to them. Oh, that's, yeah. So it might yeah. just have been somebody you couldn't uh, find. Yeah. They might not okay. have been in the city. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't think it's something that you could turn over to somebody mid-fight and be like, push <laughs> it on them, leave it on their chest, and be like, okay, this is done. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, like, I, I don't think it works that way. <laughs> you know, like, I, it felt like a very formal request kind of thing that had to be made. Yeah. There's a book. Right. Like he, he would have to register the request and then personally hand it to him. All that fun stuff. Do a movie I, on the book. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a prequel somewhere of like John Wick getting out of his first impossible situation. How he gets the car. Yeah. Yeah. Like how? Yeah. How they? You know, that's something they refer to. I think in both of these movies is. Uh, how. Cause yeah, because in the first one they're talking about the one mission that the the the, guy, the kid's father gave to John Wick to get him out of the the business. He gave him an impossible situation that he didn't think he was going to survive, and yet he did, and he was able to walk away. Like that's that's the movie I think I want to see. 
course, I would agree. Of course, if they did a prequel, I don't know if they get Kiana for that. It might be somebody else, but still, would be cool to do. No, they would. I'm sure they would get Keanu to do it. Just de de-age him in the computer. Just shave. That's all you got. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Well, even a prequel doesn't have to go back that far. It would just have to mm-hmm. go to like just before he met his wife. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, like, what was his life like prior to meeting her? Is all we need to know. Yeah. Yeah, you're well, right. That would be your prequel. He meets her and then gets the impossible mission. That's the movie. Yeah, yeah, that could be doable. So we'll see if they finish chapter three, if they do chapter four, or if they do the impossible mission prequel. You got to figure the get out of this situation. He's almost got to bring down this whole criminal underworld, which would then beg the question how you could do a fourth one. That's true, yeah. It could be a little sad after John Wick kills every assassin ever. Which is most of New York. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think there's going to be something with the marker that gets him out of it. Like mm-hmm. he's going to hunt down what was the name of them? They signed it sounded because they said there was a few ruling families, and the one family they the said Tamora? Had, right, yeah, he'll go to them, hunt down one of them, and try and force a marker on them. Yeah, you know, I mean something like that. Offer them the marker. He'll have to kill his way there. Have them at gunpoint and offer them the marker in exchange for whatever. Yeah, you know, I mean to make it go away. Yeah, I could see something like that being the plot. Yeah, because it, I I don't think they're gonna have him literally kill off the you know and be the last assassin on the planet. Especially yeah, especially not if they want to keep milking this franchise and make more movies. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You guys got anything else for John Wick? I think I'm winding down with what I want to talk about. Um, I think it's generally, we could probably generally say that we all really, really like this movie. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is definitely worth going to see, folks. Uh, I think Ian sort of touched on it, but do you like this one or the first one better? You know, they felt so similar in a lot of ways. The, I mean, they really, there was differences for sure in the main plus, but they, it felt like a very good continuation of the first. Yeah. Where I feel like, perhaps I feel like I like this one better, but there's certain scenes from the first one that just will never go away for me as being better than this because it's just the origin of it. You know, when he's so pissed off afterwards and, you know, like you hear them talking about him, calling him the boogeyman and uh, John Leguizamo's character kicking the guy out and then the next thing you see is uh, John in his basement taking the sledgehammer to the floor to become the man again. Yeah. it's that, That's just kind of like a... I think that's a moment that's just not there in the second one. Yeah, you know I mean, like, yeah, they have him cement it back up, but that does not have the same weight of him bursting in again to get it. Yeah, and then his house immediately catches on fire <laughs> as soon as he's yeah. done. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, the, I this felt one, bad because I thought he was about to dig it up effort. again. Well, I mean, I felt like that would not have gone over set. very well. Like, yeah, just to do it again, just to have the concrete set again and have him have to break it open again <laughs> would have been like. All right, so we're going to do this in every film. Um, so he did apparently walk from his house to the hotel. Apparently. The, I don't think we see him catch a cab or anything. 
His car's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he Ubered it. Although I do think we see another car in his house before it gets blown up, so perhaps that car survived the explosion, because it seemed like the explosion wasn't... It didn't really destroy the structure. It just kind of caught everything on fire, is the way it seemed. Uh, yeah, I don't really remember. He definitely had some sort of SUV-type car or something in the garage. There was something in there, but... I mean, I don't think he was walking back towards the house. But I do like the fact that he was just contemplating... Because it's probably got to take a while to get to the hotel. This whole time, it's just him and his dog, and he's just, like, so pissed. (laughs) And he's just walking. And walking. And walking. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Maybe he did it intentionally to let it stew... And get himself more into the moment when it comes time to do what he's got to do. Get himself fired up. Yeah. A little cardio in. <laughs> His mind right. You know, I mean, because I, I feel like if he went in there in a rage, he may not have been able to think clearly for his plans. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Uh, Ian, where do you stand? First one or second one better? First one. I mean, it's just hard to top. Like, all sequels, it's hard to do it better than the first one. And I think that's kind of what this was. It, it's more of the same, which isn't a bad thing. But the first time that that exhilaration from it is just so much. And like I guess that that personal connection, like real emotional, I think a lot more emotional for him personally. And the first one like that drawing him back into the world, I think just got me a little better. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you. I think you've convinced me with the whole more more personal story for the first one i think is is a better line to go i do think the action is better in 2 i think it does more and it's long, more extended action sequences there's a lot more happening i think in that one but yeah there's something about the first one that just sticks out to me i think a little bit more so yeah i think i have to go the first one is still better although i don't know i feel like that opinion i feel like this is these are two of those movies that i'll go back and forth depending on how often mm-hmm. i see them like, if I start watching so I John Wick 2 more, I'm going to be like, yep, that's my favorite. <laughs> I, I don't, the first one, I don't know if it had as like a big of a scene. It was when he's at the, like, near the end when he kills Santino in the, um, Santonio in, in the, in the, um, Continental. In the hotel. Yeah. yeah, the Continental. Like, that scene just got me because it's, it's real quick how he does it. And I wasn't expecting him <laughs> to actually do it. And I think, that, like, the whole theater I was in, like, kind of jumps a little bit because no one saw it coming, really. I heard a couple, ooh, shit, after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, there was a, another jump moment there is when he uh, shoots the guy's sister after she killed herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you like, I didn't expect him to, like, I thought he was going to think about it and then maybe just be like, eh, let it go. But he just immediately pulls it out and bam, and it Gives you that little bit of a jolt, like, whoa. It's got to make okay. it look like he did it. Otherwise, he might not be able to cash in the marker. No, that's what I was thinking. Oh, yeah. Too. And to make that, sure and that's what I took dead. from it. it. It just, it was so abrupt. And I feel mm-hmm. like that gunshot was a lot louder than the other ones in the movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the, the other thing we didn't talk about that I think needs to be talked about is they could have done so much better with the mirror scenes. I, I I was hoping that was going to be even. I mean, it was still good, but I felt like it could have been way better. There than was what that it was. one really good one where the guy shoots and then John just shoots him through the mirror. Like, that yeah. was perfect. But yeah, they could have they could have done a lot more there. You're right. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it just, it, like, as soon as they walked into that, like, mirrored hallway and everything was going to mm. be in mirrors, I was, like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be incredible. John Wick in a mirrored hallway. But What were you guys kind of expecting yeah, it, from that sequence? Because I was okay with that sequence. Like, I'm not, I'm not know, sure just... what you were expecting that it fell short of. I, it, it could have done so many more of those creative kills, like the one where he shot the guy through the wall because he thought he saw John. It became more of, like, everyone's, like, anticipating him coming through, but they didn't use the mirrors, like, so much as, like, the, an environment for him to kill in. Like, it, it didn't yeah. have to be mirrors for, for what they used it for, for the most part. Okay. It could have just been anything. It could have been, you know, just, like, um, black screens. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I guess I, it, I think I took it more that they were just using the mirrors to ramp up the suspense, I guess, of it. And not so much, mm-hmm. like, how creatively he's going to kill people. No, yeah, but I'm, they could have used it like that, and that w- I think that would have been a lot of fun. Okay, that's fair. Like Mike was saying. I do think, like, when he fought that big fat guy, randomly, oh, when he's God. had, like, three of those assassins go, that was probably my favorite, like, oh, little yeah, yeah. fight, little <laughs> thing. That was a lot of fun. It took so much to put that fucker down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was actually really awesome. He presses the gun right up against the side, shoots him a bunch of times, and the guy just keeps coming. He shoots oh. him in the top of the head, and as he's walking away, the guy's like, uh, pop him again. <laughs> like, oh, that was great. Uh, yeah. You guys got anything else? Or I think we'll wind this one down. No? Oh, See it. Right. Yeah, that's pretty much how I was gonna end it. If you haven't seen John Wick, either the first one or the second one, do yourself a favor and watch these movies. They're fucking awesome. Uh, so yeah, I think that's where we're going to end this one. Wind this one down. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show, please stop by iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating and review. You can be sure to share, subscribe, favorite the show, so you can keep coming back and giving us a listen. Uh, as, al- as always, you can find us on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash Friends. And don't forget, you can now send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions, all that stuff to brightguysuperfriends at gmail.com or at bgsuperfriends on Twitter. And on behalf of Eric, Ian, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye, guys.